0: we are in a series called Ecclesia, Living as God's People. Living as God's People. This is a series that we want to go into God's Word and better understand what does it mean when we talk about church. You know, many things come to different people's minds. They may think of a building. They may have past experiences of church. Uh, they may have no idea what goes on inside of A church building, but is that what we mean? What does it mean to be the church? And we thought this was great timing because over the last couple years, as we've been saying, it's been challenging. The doors have been closed. We've come together. We've met online, Um, and so many people have have uh, been disconnected from the life of the church. Um, They have uh, maybe gotten isolated. They have not been able to be together and share the burdens with one another and grow in their faith. And, and this has been a challenging uh, for, for many of us. And, and many, it's very easy to get adjusted to a new normal. But we want to say, God, uh, remind us once again, what's it mean to be part of your church? And so we want to do that. We want to look afresh at God's word. We want to say, Lord, as you show us, we commit ourselves to it. As you reveal to us, we say yes. As, as we, we begin to, to uh, look at your word and say, oh, I've forgotten about that. That's what you want to do? We say yes to him. And so as we say yes to him together, we're going to begin to live as God's people. Live as God's people. And just I'll, I'll just mention this really quickly, you know, what is this word ekklesia? Is it, is it English? No. Is it Finnish? No. It, you know, what is it? Well, it's just a, um, a word that is the most common word in the New Testament, in Greek, to refer to the church. There's over a hundred different words, metaphors, that talk to the church, and this is just, just one of them. And so, the, the, all that to say, the Bible has a lot to say about the church. And as we sung today, Lord, um, uh, you, know, shine, you know, revive your church. We, and with the song we sing, we are God's church. We are the hope of the world. And so that's kind of where our heart's desire is. And as Kumadan mentioned, we do have um, our website with a section on there with some messages. So if you happen to go to the website, look for messages. You can go back and listen if you would like on the previous week's messages. So today, uh, we are talking about being a Spirit-filled church. Um, Every week, we're talking about a something filled. Last time we spoke, we we, we talked about being a gospel-filled church. So as a church, what we're going to be talking about today is we want God's Spirit to fill this place to fill the atmosphere like we said, and as we sang, and not just the place, the building, but he wants to fill your heart. He wants to fill us together. And I find it interesting that in our Bible study on Thursday, also was on the topic of the Holy Spirit, and that we said, Lord, we want to be sensitive to your spirit. We want to be submissive and surrender to your Holy Spirit. So I think God is speaking to us. I think he's, he's inviting us as his church, and we want to be the spirit-filled church. We want to say, Lord, what's, how is your spirit working in the church? What are some things that your Holy Spirit is doing in the church? And, and this, is, this, is, this is more than we can do on one Sunday morning. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit wants to use, There's so, so much more God's Word talks about, uh, but we're just going to, uh, where can we start uh, how can we get started? What's the starting point? Uh, and we want to say, Lord, uh, we want to be a church that is filled and overflowing with God's precious Holy Spirit. That's, that's the, the simple <laughs> part. Is That's our desire. That's our desire. Now, I, I want to mention this as we get started here. That God is, is not just saving us as individuals. We live in a society where there's a lot of focus on being an individual. And and there's, there's a point to that, that we have an individual and personal relationship with Jesus. But God is just not saving us as individuals and preparing us to go to heaven. No, God is also creating a people for himself. God is creating, and this is what he's done in the past, that God has created a people from Israel, that he was bringing people together from Israel. get to that in just a second. He gets to bringing his people together, that God is creating a people for his name. So God isn't just saving Sonia, or God isn't just saving David. God is saving us together to be his people. That's a very powerful thought. And this is why we're saying that it's the Ecclesia, not living as God's child only, but God's people. Because what God's doing amongst us and in us together is very, very important. God has promised to, to make a people. God's promised to dwell amongst his people. He's promised to be amongst us and to have life together and to produce in us his church his qualities and characteristics, the life and character, all by His Holy Spirit. So this is where we're going today. You can put that slide up as we just had. So we're going to talk about, very briefly, that we're a people that's been formed by the Spirit. We're a people walking and living in the Spirit. Wow! Is that possible? That we can walk with God by His Holy Spirit? Absolutely. And we're a people that worshiping in the the Spirit, of people worshiping. So we're going to talk a little bit more. But let's go to the first one, a people formed by the Spirit. It shouldn't surprise us uh, that we emphasize this idea that we're a people that has been created and formed uh, to being being a Spirit-filled church. Because look at what it says in 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. It says in 1 Corinthians, as Paul writes the believers in Corinth, He says, for we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Paul tells us it's because of God's spirit that we have come to be a part of the body as you are part of God's church, that was made possible through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it does not matter where you're from. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we all have this in common. The Spirit of God has brought us in to the family. The Spirit of God has formed us. And look, look what it says in 2 Corinthians 3 1 through 3. When Paul says the, to the Corinthians as well, he says, You know, how, how do we know that we are part of the spirit, part of the, the family of God? How do we know we're part of the church? He says, Do we need um, letters of recommendation? He says, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? It's like, What's our proof? Verse 2. You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, and listen to this, written, not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on the tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. He says, if you are looking for proof that you are part of God's family, he says, there's not going to be anything in the physical. Oh, no, it's going to be because of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the living God is what makes it evident. So it's very important for us because from the very beginning of our relationship with God, the Spirit has been present from the very beginning. The Spirit's been present to bring us into community, to be God's people. You know, and and throughout the New Testament, there's different images that we see uh, when talking about the people of God. One of them is the image of family. Another one is the image of temple. Another one is the image of a body. Let me just mention very briefly a few of those. When he talks about family, um, look what he says in Romans chapter 8. He says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves that you live in fear again. Rather, listen to this, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption. You've been brought into the family. You've been made a son. You've been made a daughter. He says, but I want your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry what? Abba Father. Abba, Father. <coughs> the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You see, the family of God is one of the images that is shown of the church. And the way we come into the family is through the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, so that's the first one. The second one is there's references to a building or to a temple. Um, And there's several references to this. And this is important because the temple in the Old Testament was where God dwelled. It's where God manifested his presence. It's where God says, I could go here, I could go there, but where I've chosen to manifest myself is in the temple. And there was a part in the temple called the Holy of Holies. And if you look here in the, the next verse, um, in 1 Corinthians 3.9, he says, Because you are sons, uh, I'm sorry, verses uh, yeah, 3.9, For we are co-workers in God's service, you are God's field, God's building. Now, Then he goes on, well, what kind of building? He says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's? temple and here it is and that god's spirit dwells in your midst don't miss this god was saying in the in olden times there was a building where god chose to dwell but he's not doing that he says there is a new building it's a temple which is the the people of god and this is plural, that you yourselves are God's temple, he was saying to all of the believers in Corinth, he says, it's just not one of you. It's like you together <coughs> are God's temple. And God is indwelling in you by his spirit. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred. And listen to this. And you together are that temple. We the temple of god today collectively god's spirit has promised to dwell in us and amongst us he has created us and he has brought us he has formed us as the temple, as his temple where he wants to fill he wants to overflow in this place one more image on this first point of being formed by the spirit is that the word also talks about being a body and, in, and this is mentioned in 1 Corinthians and Romans and Colossians and Ephesians I could go on but let me just point out to 1 Corinthians 12 All these are the work of one in the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines and here it is just as a body though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized <coughs> by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. In the body of Christ, there is unity. And there is diversity. I mean, look at us. Are we different? Right? We speak different languages. We have different foods. By the way, Nepalese food was very good. <laughs> uh, we come from different backgrounds, different cultures. But here, he was saying, hey, for, for Paul, he's saying, well, you're a Jew or a Gentile, you're a slave or free. That, those were the differences there. But you're all one in Christ. Do you realize that the Spirit of God makes us part of the same family, the same temple, the same place where God dwells, and the same body. Wow. In summary, the Spirit of God has brought us together. He has made us a family. He has made us a dwelling place. And He has made us a body. And and so we need the Holy Spirit to make this real to us. Because if this becomes real, guess what happens? We will want to be with the family of God. We will want to share together. We will want to care for one another. We will want to experience together the power and the presence of God. There's more that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us as the people of God. So the Holy Spirit, we are people formed by the Spirit. Amen? Now, the second thing that we're going to look at as we look at what the Spirit wants to do is the Spirit is working in us so that we are a people walking and living in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. When we talk about being Spirit-filled, we're talking about how the Holy Spirit wants to overflow into every area of our lives. Isn't that scary? (laughs) That's a scary thing, but it's an exciting thing. That every area of your life, God wants to pour his presence, his love, his power in. He wants to show you all the good things he wants to do in your family, in your personal heart, in your personal life. And so he wants to work in every, every area of our lives. And when that happens, everything is different. You know, when, when in Galatians 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 3, Paul says to them, because you know, the, the Galatians were kind of having a, a, a trouble. <laughs> they, were kinda, they, they began serving God, and they began to have some doubts, and they began going off in a different directions. And Paul says to them, to kind of bring them back, he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, are you so foolish? Like, don't go down that path. That's a foolish path. He says, after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you trying to finish... By the flesh. Now, what what is he saying? He says, you came in to begin your relationship with God. You began to experience the power and presence of God through the Spirit. He says, don't try to do the rest of your life. Don't try to live your life. Don't try to finish in the flesh. When God wants to carry you through every moment of your life, through the power of his Holy Spirit. Wow. He says, and this is very um, challenging for us because we can can do that. We can begin to live our lives as we say, Jesus, I I follow you. I want to live for you. And then we stop there. But what would happen if we begin to live every day out through the power of the Spirit? Well, look what happens in Romans chapter 14. Lots of verses this morning. (laughs) Romans 14, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating, and I I like eating, right? (laughs) Not a matter of drinking, but it's of righteousness, it's of peace, it's of joy in the Holy Spirit. There are things that God wants to flow into your life. He wants to pour into your life. And Paul just mentions a few of them, righteousness, peace, and joy. He says, there's things, eating and drinking, oh my goodness, but the Holy Spirit is doing so much more than these temporal things. Because anyone who serves Christ, verse 18, in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. As we live by the Spirit. What begins to happen? To live by the spirits? Well, the first thing that happens is that God is going to begin to renew your mind. God's going to begin to change our hearts and our thinking because remember what it says in Romans chapter 12? It says this, it says, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul Paul says God wants to, as you live your life, God wants to transform your mind. But don't miss this. Because look at Colossians 1.9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, We have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God. Here it is. God to fill you with the knowledge of His will. We just said to to understand His good and perfect and pleasing will through the renewing of your mind. With the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. It's the Holy Spirit that will begin to work. Isn't that good news? That we don't have to worry about trying to change our minds and change our thinking. As we surrender to the Holy Spirit, He will begin to pour in knowledge and wisdom and understanding. In verse 17, He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and Revelation, so that you may know Him better. Probably there is no clearer teaching about living and walking in the Spirit than what we see in Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, you know these verses well. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. There it is. Walk by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Every single day, let your life be directed and guided from step by step. Walk by the Spirit. And he says this, if you allow the Holy Spirit to, to guide your life, says, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. In other words, I'm gonna, the, the Holy Spirit is going to give you victory over the areas of your flesh and your sinful nature. If you allow the Holy Spirit as the church, and this is why we want to be a Spirit-filled church, because as the Holy Spirit works in our lives, and we walk by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, such so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then a few verses later, These very, very well-known verses in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit, as we walk in the Spirit, as we live in the Spirit, what can you expect? Well, you can expect to, to experience love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Does anybody here need more of those? (laughs) Does anybody desire to experience more and, and, and more peace? Look at our world in conflict. We're just coming out of a world pandemic, and now we're going into a war. Really? But the peace of God, the joy, the love, the patience, the kindness, the Holy Spirit... Wants to do this work in our lives. One final set of verse on this topic, and then we'll move on, is in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, he says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified. You know, we just mentioned a few moments ago about having our minds renewed. Um, God. Was not a he knew how we were sinners when he died for us. In just a few moments, we're gonna have come to the Lord's table and we remember his sacrifice. But while we were sinners, Christ died for us. But God's will is that you should be holy, that we would be changed, transformed, and He says God's will that you should be sanctified or holy that you should avoid sexual morality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans, who do not know God. You see, they don't know God, but, but as we come to walk and to know God through the power of the Spirit, he says in verse 6, "...and that is in this manner, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before." Verse 7. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, and here it is, the very God who gives you His Holy Spirit. Now, do not miss this connection. You and I in our strength, cannot live holy lives. We cannot live a life pleasing to God in our strength, in our power, in our effort. The only way that we can live sanctified, holy lives, pure lives, a holy life, is to say to God not to reject God, but to embrace God and say, God, I need you. And what does God do? He gives us who? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who will give us the power to be holy, to be sanctified. It's the Holy Spirit who produces love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. It's the Holy Spirit Do we need to be filled? Do we need to be a church where there is an overflowing of the Holy Spirit? I say yes, because there is no other way that we can live our lives. Not in the flesh. Not in our strength. It's through a renewed mind. A transformed heart. The power Dwelling us as we walk and live in the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. I like that. Amen. So, to refuse God is to refuse the Spirit. But to embrace God is to allow His Holy Spirit to do in us what we cannot do. Kind of sounds like being sensitive, right? And being submitted and being surrendered to the Holy Spirit as we spoke in our Bible study to be changed. Walking and living in the Spirit. And number three, we want to be a people worshiping in the Spirit. I don't know about you, but do you enjoy worshiping God? I, you know, To be able to sing, and I I don't sing very well, and I know we have like videos up here we put, and it's a little kind of different. You know, I I like having musical instruments and a band, and it's great, and maybe we'll have that one day here soon. But a people worshiping in the Spirit. You know, throughout the New Testament letters, and definitely throughout the book of Acts, we see examples of the church. Worshiping. When the Holy Spirit fills the church, there is worship. There is worship. So what does this mean? Well, look at Ephesians, Look at Colossians 3.16 6, as we start. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Through Psalms, through hymns, And songs from who? (laughs) From the Spirit. He says this is coming from the Holy Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And then Ephesians five nineteen, it says right here, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs. Again, from where? From the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. You know, what is evident is that through the, the Spirit will cause the church to overflow with worship to God. One thing you can expect as we open our hearts, as we begin to have our minds renewed. And Walk and, and live collectively together, and the Holy Spirit dwells here. There's going to be an overflowing of worship. We cannot not worship. <laughs> we gotta jump to our feet, you know. And, so, and some of us come from cultures where we, we move a little, right, brother? Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. I'm just guessing. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's there's movement. There's there's dancing. There's excitement. Through the Spirit. Now, when we say worship, we tend to think more about music, right? That's the first thing. We tend to think about songs, and we just read it, psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. But in reality, if we look a little deeper into God's Word, we will see that our worship has two important elements. The first one is there is a worship that goes towards God. All right? But there is an, a part of our worship that also impacts and goes toward the community. And let me explain that. As the Spirit empowers our speech in worship to God, the Holy Spirit empowers our speech to build up and edify the church. Consider these verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12. Do I have it there? First two. Yeah, there we go. So it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the spirits, try to excel in those that build up the church. We just said a moment ago that we think of worship, we think of songs, and we, 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 we sang songs today to lift up the name of Jesus, to glorify God. But if you recall, in the Corinthian church, as the church came together, and as they worshiped God, and as the Holy Spirit began to manifest in the church, there was words, and there was speech, there was gifts of the Spirit, there was tongues, there was prophecy, there's interpretation, there was healings. Why? Because it was building up the church. Look at verse 24. If an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all. Verse 25 of Corinthians 14. As the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, so they will fall down and... Worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. You see, when we worship God, we live through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to, of course, lift up Jesus, but then the Holy Spirit begins to manifest and work in the hearts of those who are present. And even those who don't know Jesus, as they're coming into that place, God pours out His love on God pours out his presence and the invitation to come to know him. And as they fall down, guess what happens? They worship. And God is really among you. I don't know about you, but that stirs my heart. God, wouldn't that be, don't we want that? Don't we want to come here and and God's name's lifted up? But then my brother's encouraged. A word goes out and my sister receives. Uh, she's built up in her faith in Christ. Today we are wanting, I mean there's so much more that that's about spiritual gifts. And I think we, we, we think of the Holy Spirit, our mind goes to the gifts, right? We think of, you know again, speaking in tongues or prophecy or interpretation, but this is part of our worship. And so we need to expect, as we worship God, as we become a spirit, more and more spirit filled church, this is the natural thing that will happen. Some will say, You know, God, I sense God speaking to me, and, and there'll be an opportunity for people to, to encourage each other. Wow. But today we're simply wanting to point to the fact that as a church, God has called us to be a people filled and overflowing. With His Spirit, God wants us to be a Spirit-filled church. It's no wonder, because it's His Holy Spirit that brought us into the family of God. It's His Holy Spirit that is at work in our daily lives to sanctify us, to change us. It's the Holy Spirit of God who empowers us to worship together as God's people. Our first, our worship glorifies God. First and foremost, all the glory goes to God. But our worship serves to build up the church. That's why it's good to be in God's house. Just coming into his presence. Being together with our brothers and sisters. What does God want to do in our midst if we allow him? Worship serves to build up a church, but it also serves to bring the good news to those who don't know Jesus. Does this stir your heart? Yeah, this thing turns up. Thank you, brother. That God wants us to be a people. We're formed by the Spirit. So everything begins with the Spirit in our lives. We're people that want to walk in the Spirit. We're people that, that are worshiping in the Spirit. Is there any part of your heart that says, I want this to be a reality in my life? Is there any part of your heart that says, I want this more for my solemn family? I want us to experience this deeper and deeper. Is there a desire that in your personal daily life that you would experience the Spirit of God? Do we want to be a community filled with the Spirit where our worship is alive, where we're encouraged, where we're strengthened, where we're built up? Do we want others to know Jesus? Do we want other people to to just say, I don't know, I don't understand everything that goes on there. You're a little weird. (laughs) <laughs> but, but God's doing something. And God begins to reveal himself. And people are drawn to him. I don't know how you feel. But I say, yes, Lord. Help us. Make it so. Do what you need to do. Change what needs to be changed in us. If it's a structure, if it's whatever, Lord, we want to give you the freedom. Because we want to be a church that is filled with your precious Holy Spirit. Let's ask him.